like to say good morning to everyone here today. I'd like to say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers here today. If you've been a father to a child, you are a father. Um, I had this request, so I want y'all to look at your neighbor and say, ooh we." I want you to say it one more time. Say, ooh-wee. Another blessing. Let's try this, y'all.
Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord on this morning. Come on, let's thank the Lord on this morning for another blessing. The blessing of a new day. The blessing of just being able to wake up our eyes and realize we're still on this side of eternity. God is good to us. He kept us last night while we were resting. Nobody had to call the police department. Nobody had to call the EMS. Nobody got a call at 3 or 4 in the morning saying something's wrong with your son or your daughter or your grandchild or your sister or your brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Here we are back in God's house on another Sunday morning. This third Sunday morning in the month of June in the, in the year 2021. We're so glad that you're here with us worshiping at Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We're located just outside of the beautiful town of Garrisburg, and we're located in beautiful Northampton County. We're so glad to be here. Our church uh, motto is that this is the end of your search for a friendly church, and from the most senior to the youngest person, we really, really try our best to live by our motto now. Y'all, I see some folks fanning. It, it's cool in here. I mean, I mean, you know, it's not hot like it could be, so I'm sorry if it's not quite as cool as we, as we want it to be, but we'll, we'll get it adjusted. But look, if you need a fan, fan all you need to, and we'll, you know, we're bringing some water. I'm serious. We're bringing some water. If you need some water, just raise your hand. We'll get some water to you, but um, we thank the Lord that it's not as hot in here as it has been because it's been a, we're, we're still trying to get all the AC, electric stuff kind of uh, regulated just right, but we're doing better than what we were, so we thank the Lord for that. Everybody knows that as a member of Roanoke Salem, that our mission statement is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, uh, the 28th chapter, the 19th and the 20th verses, where Jesus himself said to the, his disciples, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Want to thank the Lord this morning um, for men who are fathers. So let's just salute all fathers. And as you heard Steve say, and he's, he's absolutely right, we're not just talking about those of us who may be biological fathers. If you have been a mentor, if you have done anything at all to try to positively change and impact somebody's life, no matter how young or how old they may be, then you have been a father figure. And Lord knows many of us have had many, many father figures in our lives. I thank the Lord for uh, my biological father, even though I never had a relationship with him per se. I thank the Lord for Reverend Dr. Leroy Horsley, who was my uncle, uh, who adopted me when I was six months old and, and raised me as his son. And, and I thank the Lord for all the, the father figures he's put in my life over the years, including our own beloved pastor, Reverend Dr. Robert Earl Sessons, you know, because God knew I needed a whole lot of father figures. So I thank the Lord for each, each and every one of them, past and present. But, but men, thank you so much. And, and, and we recognize those of you who are father or father figures. It's not always easy. It hasn't always been easy. But if you did your best, whatever that was, that's pleasing to the Lord, and the Lord's going to honor that. Amen, amen, amen. So this morning, we want to um, certainly, again, want to always thank Derek and April uh, and Steve and Jasmine for getting here and getting things set up and um, just making sure that we can broadcast still on Facebook Live and people can still call in and hear the message. And 
those in the parking lot, if there be those in the parking lot this morning, they can hear us through our broadband technology. And Derek and April uh, and Steve make sure that that happened. And certainly want to thank the Lord for these wonderful musicians, Steve and Elijah and Marvin and uh, Ricky. And we got a guest singer. Who is this? This is Brother Who. Oh, this is Mr. Barber Sr. Okay. Uh, Marvin's dad. Okay. Hey, good to see you this morning. Amen. Mr. Senior is here. Have a seat, sir. Have a seat. All right. So he's going to be our, um, our lead musician on this, our lead singer on this morning. He's going to favor us with a song or two. Glad to have you, sir. You raised a good young man. And, and do we have permission to whip him when he get out of line? Okay. All right. You heard him now. Your daddy gave him permission. Amen. 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 No, he's, he's a wonderful young man. Thank God for him. Come on, let's have an opening selection, and then we'll continue on with the order of service. Thank you. It's good to be here. I see some familiar faces out there. That God is good. Y'all ready to give him some praise today? He's worthy to be praised. Yeah. Make it high. 
still I got to make it. Valley made it low. Still I got to make it. Oh, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make. Yes, I am. Every step that I take, I'm gonna make. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes I'm up, I'm gonna make. Sometimes I'm down, I'm gonna make. And it's alright, and it's alright. You know it's alright, you know it's alright. Wave your hands, wave your hands. Let the world know who's at your home. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make. Can I call him? Can I call him? I call him, can I call him, somebody, call him Mary's baby, somebody, call him a rock, but I call him, I call him, can I call him, Jesus, 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 Waymaker, Jesus, Healer, Jesus, the reason why, because every round goes, it gets a little higher, higher, higher. Amen. Y'all better give my praise up in here. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, like Marvin Sr. said, we better praise the Lord while we have the opportunity. We don't know. Lord knows we don't know from one Sunday to the next. We don't even know from one day to the next anymore. But we, what we can know is that we are ready. Whatever the Lord calls your name and says it's time for you to come on up to glory, your soul, we can be ready. And so I pray that all of us are doing everything we can daily to just make sure that our souls are right with the Lord. That doesn't mean we're living perfect lives. That means our hearts are turned towards Jesus and we do what we can to honor him with how we uh, praise and worship him and how we treat one another. That's what's important to the Lord, and especially how we treat unsaved folks. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to bang this drum until the Lord tells me to stop. We, as the body of Christ, we have got to be concerned about unsaved folks. No matter who they are, where they come from, all that stuff, we've got to be concerned because our number one mission is to try to help people understand that they need to give their lives to Jesus and get saved before he cracks that sky or before they take their last breath, whenever that may be. Amen. Amen. So let me give an official welcome again. Officially now, I'm welcoming those who are watching uh, by way of Facebook Live. Thank you. We welcome you. Those who may be on the, uh, on the conference call-in number, we welcome you. Those who may be in the parking lot this morning, we welcome you. And certainly to those of you in the sanctuary, both our Roanoke-Salem uh, family members, our disciples of Roanoke-Salem, and those who are visiting disciples from other churches, we welcome you. We love you. Thank you for worshiping with us on this morning. I welcome my sister in Christ, 
uh, Reverend Brenda Phillips uh, with me in the pulpit this morning to the other uh, sisters and brothers in Christ. Where I, and I've heard from all of them. I know where they are. We, we pray for them this morning and bless their name and bless the Lord for them as well. Uh, by way of announcements, I really don't have too much, but I do want to first of all thank everyone uh, who did in fact do a survey and turned your survey in and um, Julia got them turned into Keisha Gary this week. Miss Jean, thank you so much. And uh, there was, I, I'm going to miss somebody's name, but everybody that helped Julia get those surveys out and back in, thank you. Let me say it that way. Then I won't risk offending anybody, not intentionally. And uh, Keisha got well over, she got well over the number uh, that she was trying to get. And she said to Julia that, you know, the efforts of our church family was very, very key in helping her get uh, way past the number and over the number that she was hoping to get of surveys returned. So, so thank you all so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I, that's it. I really don't have a whole lot as far by way of announcements. I can't think of any. Miss Jean, is there anything I need? I we talked about that I need to say that I, I'm not saying right now. If it'll come, if it comes back to me, I'll let you know. In the meantime, we're gonna move right along. Uh, it says on the program that we're gonna have special presentations this morning from Deacon uh, Willie Dupree. He's the uh, co-chair of our deacons and the ushers. So uh, Deacon Dupree, you and the ushers uh, now have the floor. Is the mic on there? I mean, if, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, it's supposed to be. Can you come down, brother? No. Uh, Yes, sir. Why you always leave you by yourself? I don't know. I, I, I try to tell that's, that's not a good thing. I, I, I need close supervision all the time. Thank you for your leadership. You've been a man. Thank you for it. And on this morning, the church and the pastor's aides wish you a happy Father's Day. Please take it. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Deacon Dupree. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, church family. And um, as Deacon Dupree has said, and for all of us, it's, it's been challenging. But I want to say to you personally and to the deacons and, and to, oh, okay, I got to come in there. But, well, come on. But, why, but I'm going to still say it anyway. Thank you all for hanging in there. Everything that we tried to do as a church family, as the, those of us who are decision makers, if you will, we tried to do our best to keep us together and as soon as we could get us back together here. But you know, parking lots and Facebook and all that. And, and so I want to thank the church family for not only being patient, but for being dedicated. And you all have proven to be, you, you just once again proven your dedication. So uh, as the pastor of this church, I want to say I love every one of you, and I really do. I love you in Christ. And I thank you so much for your dedication and your support. I really do. Thank you. Presentations to all the men that 
that he has said fit. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm going to be like cheering at Christmas. I'm going to peek. See what, see what I got. Oh, yeah, this is nice. Thank y'all. This is nice. And again, as um, Deacon Sykes and Deacon Winstead are handing out the gift to the men, uh, Miss Jean, thank you for helping Brother William coordinate that and get that together. Thank you for, so much for that. I, I, I got to say this again. Um, just want to thank um, everybody for your dedication. I mean, it's just it's just been amazing. Um, when we when we were whether we were inside when there was nobody in the sanctuary but my doll baby has a big old teddy bear and her teddy bear used to sit somewhere right about that second to the last pew in the middle and when there was nobody in here but Derek and April and Jasmine and Steve for a little while and then later on Marvin and Elijah and Ricky came aboard but for a while it was just us and Sonny and I'd be preaching to the teddy bear because I, I, I needed, they said I needed to kind of look down and not look directly into the camera. And so I preached to the teddy bear for months. But, um, you know, just the fact, again, that people were so dedicated and so willing to get up early in the wintertime and come out here. And you all did the same thing when it was time for us to be able to come back. You all, as soon as we could have parking lot service, you all came on back and it, it's just been wonderful. And we're believing the Lord for greater. As, as, the, as, as we pray and believe, we see that the COVID uh, cases of infection and deaths are dropping in our state anyway. Um, other places is kind of up and down, but we're believing that the Lord, that more and more people will be more comfortable coming back to not only Roanoke-Salem, to, to any church. And so we're looking forward to a day when, um, you know, we don't necessarily have to have social distancing and pews and masks but until that day we're just going to thank god for things being as well as they are with that said derek um this mic is on correct okay good i'm going to ask reverend phillips if she will come and um give us the morning prayer pray father god in the name of jesus on this morning god we just give you all the glory all the honor god and all the praise thanking you for being god all by yourself thank you lord god we thank you for waking us up early this morning and allowing us to see a day we have never seen before and for that god we say thank you we praise your name we lift you up we give you all the glory honor and praise you didn't have to do it god but you did it and we're glad about it god and as we come out, God, we sit in our tent doors, God, and we listen for the word of God. We ask you, God, to anoint this man of God like never before, God, that we will hear a word from on high to help us go through the days, the months, and in the years, God. But most of all, God, through this ministry, we still say that we lift you up. For I heard you say in your word, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw men unto me. So draw by your spirit on today, God. Have your way in our life, God. Let us be better Christians, God, in the name of Jesus. So we thank you and we glorify your own this day. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost 
that we do say amen, amen, amen. Let me just say something. I was um, I, I was at the house trying to figure out what I was going to wear. So I looked in the closet and I found an old pair of shoes that I probably wore about 12 years ago. They did all right till I got to the church ground. When I got to the church ground, the bottom came out of it. Yeah. But that goes perfect with this song about the same. Because Lord, I'm willing to run all the way. Shoes or not. If I had to come in here barefooted, I was going to come in here and give him some praise. It's funny, I tell you. I walked in here with no heels on my shoes. But God is good. Either way, I'm coming to give my praise. Y'all gonna praise him with me? Come on, clap your hands up in here. Sound pretty good, don't it? Y'all gonna give him some praise? He been mighty good. He brought us from a long way. Yeah. Lord, I'm willing, willing to run on all the way. Somebody told me 99 
and a half just won't do. I got to run on. Gotta make a hundred. I gotta make a hundred. Heels get high, but that's all right. I got to run on. I got to run on by myself. I got to run on. Been too good. Been too good. Been too good. Been good to be y'all. I got to run on. I got to run on. Friends all gone, but I got to run on by myself. I got to run on. Been too good. Been too good. Been too good. Been good to me, y'all. I got to run on. I got to run on. I got to run on. Y'all gonna give it to him. He been good.
hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the Lord for Mr. Marvin Bobbitt Sr. again on this morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And, of course, you know we love our musicians. We thank the Lord for them. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Church family and those wherever you may be, if you are watching or listening in this morning, I'm going to ask if you go with me to the book of Joshua, first chapter, the ninth verse. Very, very familiar passage of scripture to many of you. I see some of our church babies, Melody and Messiah, are here again this morning. Good to see them. Amen. And Mr. Calvin, Miss Lillian's two little grandsons from Raleigh, Sean's sons are here visiting again. Amen. Look at one of them. I went over to fist bump them this morning, and the oldest boy, you know, put his fist right on up and gave me a fist bump, and the little boy went like. I, I told Lynn, he, he was like, I don't know if I'm sure about all this now. <laughs> Amen, but we're glad to see him all this morning. Visiting folks, good to see you. Thank you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. I'm reading from the NIV version, New International Version. God speaks to Joshua, and he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord... Your God will be with you wherever you go. Just for a few minutes, I want us to please let us reason together from this thought. We all have the Joshua advantage. We all have the Joshua advantage. It doesn't matter where you choose to get your news and information. Sooner or later, you're probably going to hear a conversation or a discussion on maleness or manhood or masculinity. Of course, some people have defined what it means to be a man uh, in, or to be masculine in today's world, but, but I respectfully say to people who believe human beings can be whoever or whatever we, we choose, you, I say respectfully, you're wrong. And the reason why I say that is not based on my own opinion or my preferences. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27, we find the truth. God created human beings in his image, and he created us distinctively to be male and female. Now, we know that there are millions of people who reject God's word, the Bible. Some people say the Bible's nothing more than an outdated history book. Some skeptics even call the Bible a book of lies. But here's a fact. Jehovah God put specific, uniquely different DNA markers in males and females. And those things cannot be changed by feelings. They can't be changed by hormones. They can't be changed by steroids. And they can't be changed by surgery. Amen. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not mad with anybody for how they choose to live their life. I'm not disgusted with anybody for how they choose to live their life because God gave all of us a free will. You know, he told us what's right and what's wrong, but then he said, you can choose. You can choose to live how you want to, so I ain't mad at you. But if we're going to use the word authentic as we use so often in our society, when we talk about who we are, if we're going to use the word authentic, then I think we should tell the truth because 
To be authentic means to be genuine or to be for real. At the end of the day, we are who God made us to be. Sometimes we don't recognize who we are right away. But if we continue to submit our will to God's will, he will show us who we are and he will help us fulfill his purpose for our lives. That's the Joshua advantage. We first meet Joshua in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Joshua was one of the 12 men that Moses sent out to check out the land of Canaan, the land that God promised to the children of Israel. Remember, Joshua and Caleb was the other one, and the 12 went out, and they came back, and 10 of them said, no way we can go in there and take this land from these people because they're fierce and they're mean and they're even giants in the land. Joshua and Caleb said, let's go today. God said we could do it, so we need to leave right now. Amen. That was Joshua. We meet him in the book of Numbers. He demonstrated his faith in God by being loyal to Moses. And when Moses died, God chose Joshua to lead the children into the land of Canaan. And I want to just make a note right here. When we live in faith, God often rewards us in public. When we live in faith and by faith, God often rewards us in public. I'm going to talk about the Joshua advantage and what advantage Joshua had in his life and how we can apply it to our lives, and then I'm going to be finished. This message is focused on males and men and fathers, but, but I'm asking my sisters in Christ, sisters in Christ, y'all look at me real quick. Y'all look at me. Don't tune out on me now because even though this message is kind of focused on men and fathers, you too also benefit from the Joshua advantage. In the very first chapter of the book of Joshua, God tells Joshua he will lead the Israelites into the promised land. God does all the talking in verses 1 through 9. If you go to Joshua and you look at those first nine verses, God is talking the whole time to Joshua. It's clear to me that God knows that Joshua must have had some doubts, Brenda, about becoming a leader. And the reason why I believe that is this. God told Joshua in verse 5, he will never leave him or forsake him. That should have been enough for anybody. If God tells you he will never leave you or forsake you, you ought to be satisfied because you know, you know who got your back, right? Amen. But God knows even our thoughts when we don't say them out loud. So Joshua needs some reassurance. Okay, so in verses 6 and 7, God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. And then finally, he gets to verse number nine, and Joshua says, and God says to Joshua for the final time, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? It's like God was asking Joshua, Brother Marvin, are you doubting me? Yeah, he, he told him twice already, be strong and courageous. But then the third time he says, have I not, have I not already told you, Joshua, are you doubting me? Be strong and courageous. Amen. Male or female, I think all of us can relate to Joshua. Yes, we're saved, we're sanctified, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we may have doubt about our ability to do something that God wants us to do. And if you ever feel that way, you're in good company. I want you to know that. Don't, don't think it ain't just you. You ain't the only one. Because remember now, Moses doubted God when God told him what he wanted him to do. Amen. Gideon 
doubted God. The angel of the Lord, which is an image of the Lord himself, came to Gideon and said, you are, you are a mighty man of valor. When he found Gideon, Gideon was at, down there at the wheat press, hiding out because he didn't want to get involved in the war that was going on. And the angel came to him and said, you are a mighty man of valor. Gideon said, you must be talking to somebody else because you, you, you can't be talking to me. So, so he doubted God. God was in his presence. He doubted God. And even Jeremiah, remember the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. The Lord told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. And I, I made you a prophet over the nations. And Jeremiah said, no, Lord, they ain't going to listen to me because I'm too young. The Lord said, don't you tell me that you're too young. If I tell you you can do something, you can do it. So I want us to know that even in our lives today, when we know or we believe or we may feel that God is asking us or telling us to do something and we have some doubts about it, don't think that there's anything wrong with that because even some of the greatest men of the Bible had doubts. But I want you to know this. Joshua believed God and then he obeyed God. And because he believed God and he obeyed God, God then went forth and making sure that Joshua was going to be successful. So now let me quickly share four points about the Joshua advantage. Here's point number one. God only gives us assignments we can complete. That's point number one. The Joshua advantage is this. God will only give us an assignment that he knows we can complete. We can complete. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, as I just said to you, God told Jeremiah he knew him and made him a prophet before he was even in his mama's womb. Same thing for us. God knows us before we're born. God has given every Christian the same assignment. What is it? 2 Corinthians 5 and 18 calls it the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? That simply means that we have the mission, when we become saved, our assignment, our divine assignment, every one of us, is that we've got to live in a way that attracts unsaved people to Jesus Christ. That is, that is the ministry of reconciliation. Like I said, 2 Corinthians 5.18. That's what it is. Every one of us has that assignment. Now, that doesn't mean every one of us is going to be a preacher, a Sunday school teacher. That means every one of us is going to go out on the streets and hand out tracts. That doesn't mean any of that. That just means that in your life and in your daily walk, you ought to want to live in such a way that somebody that's unsaved is going to say, you know what, yeah, she has some problems every once in a while, but you know, some kind of way or another, she never seems to get too low. She never seems to get too high. When things are not going right, she always has a peaceful way about her. She's the one that encourages other folks. She's the one that got some, some, something special going on in her life because stuff, good stuff that happens to her doesn't happen to other folks in the same situation. What's that? That's the favor of God in your life. So we ought to want to live in such a way that unsaved folks see God's favor on our lives and then they come to know Jesus Christ. So that's the first, that's the first point of the Joshua advantage. God only gives us assignments we can complete. Here's point number two. We can be strong and courageous. We can be strong and courageous. If you say you're a Christian, but you've got any type of sin in your life, the cancel culture fanatics will call you a hypocrite. And they'll say your faith in Jesus Christ is not real. Recent example within the last three to six months or so. Y'all remember what happened to Kurt Franklin? Kurt Franklin had a conversation with his, one of his older sons that they've had an, a, you know, a strained relationship, an uneasy relationship for years. And in the, in the midst of that conversation, 
Kurt Franklin got mad and said some things he should not have said. But Kurt Franklin admitted right away that he was wrong. He didn't hide behind being a Christian. He didn't say, well, you, he didn't do it. He said, I'm wrong. And he, he apologized to everybody. He said, y'all, I said some things that were wrong. I was wrong to say them. That's not who I want to be. That's not who I am. And, and I apologize. Well, the fact of the matter is, yeah, he a Christian, but he's still human too. There's some things your child or your grandchild may say to you, may make you say some special kind of flavor adjectives out your mouth too. Not that that would be what you would normally do, but see, we don't know. People can say stuff to you, and it just depends on how it hits you in that moment. You say something to them today, and they might laugh it off. You say the same thing to them tomorrow, and they might cuss you like a sailor. It's human nature. So the fact is, even though we're saved, we're still human. And I'm not making an excuse, but, but here's the Joshua advantage. What the, uh, what, what the council culture folks don't understand is that we are saved and we have faith in Jesus Christ because we know we're sinful human beings. Not because we think we're better than anybody else. We know we've got some failings and some shortcomings. Amen. And we believe that Jesus died for our sins on Calvary's cross, and now we're forgiven. And with Jesus on our side, even though we're human and we have shortcomings too, with Jesus on our side, we can still boldly proclaim to the world Romans 6 and 23. What's that? That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Our sins have been forgiven. So when we die, heaven is our home. That's the difference. Yeah, we, we, we still fall short sometimes. We're not walking. We, like Pastor used to say, ain't, if, if you caught the lights in here, you ain't going to see no halo over my head. You won't see no wings on my back. When I walk the floor, you don't see the floor light up where I walk. I'm just as human as the next person. But I also recognize that I'm, I'm, I've got issues and that I need to be, I got a soul that needs to be saved. So I've given my life to Jesus Christ, and he's taking care of it. He's covered my sins, and he's forgiven my sins. And so we can still be strong and courageous in a sinful world, even though we are also human beings too. Why? Because it's not through us, it's through the power of Jesus that works in us. Here's the third point of the Joshua advantage. We don't live in fear or discouragement. Third point, we don't live in fear or discouragement. Well, yes, we do sometimes. Sometimes we might. Because we see all the evil and wickedness in this world, and, and sometimes we may, may be fearful and afraid about the things that we see going on around us. But God the Holy Spirit quickly reminds us of Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. It says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. He will keep your foot from being caught. It's, it's again, it's human to sometimes be discouraged. It's, it's humans to sometimes be afraid of what we see happen around us. But because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, because God the Holy Spirit lives within us, we don't stay afraid. We don't stay discouraged. Why? Because here's the deal. Even if the Lord lets something happen and we leave this world, what, what's the, where are we going? We're going to heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, so once you are saved, either way it goes, you win. If the Lord lets you stay in this world and he turns some things around in your favor and things get better, you win. 
But if the Lord so chooses to let you come out of this world, the moment your soul separates from this human body, you're going to be in the presence of the Lord, so you still win. So point number three, we don't live in fear or discouragement. Here's the fourth and final point of the Joshua advantage. God is always with us. God is always with us. We know God told Joshua in verse number five that he would never leave him nor forsake him. And that promise applies to you and me today too. We have reassurance from Jesus that he's going to always be with us. Remember, we just repeated it. Matthew 28, Jesus gives his disciple their final assignment. And as Jesus was ascending back into heaven, in verse number 20, Matthew 28, 20, he says, I will always be with you, even until the end of the earth. Today, as we work to complete our, design, our divine assignments, Jesus is always with us. No matter who or what tries to stop us, if we continue moving forward in faith, Jesus will empower us to get the job done. I'm finished. I'm finished. When you leave this house of God today and go back into this unsaved world, you need to remember you have the Joshua advantage. All of us that are saved, we have the Joshua advantage. What is it? You are empowered to complete your divine assignment. You can be strong and courageous. You don't live in fear or discouragement. And you have the assurance that God is always with you no matter what happens. I thank God for Jesus. And I thank Jesus for the Joshua advantage. My faith lies in Jesus Christ. Not in any person, not in any government, not in how much money I may have, not in who my name is, not in my own physical or mental ability. My faith lies in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. He's the one who died to cover my sins. He's the one who died to cover your sins. That's why I can be bold and proclaim that the wages of sin is death, but the good news is the gift of God is eternal life. Look, I'm just like everybody else, and you're just like everybody else. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. I'm not lost in sin anymore. You're not lost in sin. I didn't say you never sin. I said you're not lost in it. The things I used to do, I'm not saying I don't do all of them no more, but there's a whole lot of stuff I used to do I don't want to do, and most of it I don't do. And when sin does come upon me, God the Holy Spirit always gives me a way of escape. See, the reason why I fall into some stuff sometimes, not because there wasn't a door to escape, I just didn't walk through it. But see, same thing for you too now. It's not, it, look, he promised, he said, whenever that temptation comes on us, he's going to give us a way of escape. So look at all the advantages that we have. But our faith is in Jesus Christ. Our faith that rests in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's what our faith is in. Why? Because he's the one that came from heaven down through 42 generations. He's the one that walked this earth, raising the dead and healing the sick. He's the one that let them uh, uh, falsely accuse him and take him to Pilate's judgment hall. He's the one that let people uh, curse him and lie on him and call him everything but who he was, the son of the living God. He's the one that let people spit in his face. He's the one that let them tear his beard from his face. He's the one that let them put a thorn of crowns on his head. He's the one that let, him, that let them take him out behind uh, Herod's judgment hall and beat him so severely 
that his, that his back came open. You could see his ribs. That's how much blood and that's how much skin was beaten off his back. He was almost half dead, and yet he took it all because he was thinking about everybody that's in this church house today. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's listening on the calling line. Everybody's in the parking lot. Everybody around the world that say, Jesus Christ saw you who, as who you were and knew you by name. And he took that beating for you. He's the one, Jesus Christ, that took a 250 or 300 pound of wooden cross and carried it almost all the way up a steep hill, going to his own death. Jesus Christ is the one that let wicked, evil, sinful men take something that looks just like this. This is a railroad stake, y'all. They didn't put no little nails like we used to drive through a two-by-four in Jesus' hands or Jesus' wrists and his, and his feet. They put this thing right here. That's what they put in Jesus' hands. And Jesus let them do it because the Bible's very clear. At any time he wanted to, he could have said, stop. He could have come off that cross. There were legions, tens of thousands of legions of angels waiting for Jesus to say, come take me off this cross. And if he had said, kill everybody here, they would have done it. But he didn't do it because his father had given him a divine assignment. What was his assignment? To die for you and me. So he let them nail him to that cross. Jesus is the one that let, him, let them pierce him in his side. And his blood came rushing out and water came rushing out. Jesus is the one that let them take him off, the bar, off, that, off that cross. And remember now, nobody killed Jesus. They thought they had killed Jesus. The devil thought he had used men to kill Jesus. Men didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave up his life. Because you remember while he was on that cross, he lifted his head and said, Father, into thy hands. I commit my spirit. And then he dropped his head and died. Jesus let them take him off that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb. Stayed there the rest of the day Friday. Stayed there Saturday morning, Saturday midday, all Saturday night. But then early on Sunday morning, early on Sunday morning, Jesus Christ is the one that got up, empowered, all power given to him in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth. All that power from the Father went to the Son. Why? Because he was faithful. He was faithful. And he's telling us that if we have a relationship with him, he will empower us to be faithful. I said this before, and I'm going to say this again, and, and this is the end. Being holy, being righteous, is not that we are perfect people. We cannot be perfect. I promise you, no matter how hard you try, all you're going to end up doing is frustrating yourself. If you try to call yourself so-called going to be perfect every day you live, you can't do it because the flesh that we live in won't allow you to be perfect because it is sin-filled. It's corrupted. But what we can do is we can be like David. We can be like Esther. We can be like Jeremiah. We can be like Joshua. We can be like so many of the saints of God. We can have hearts that are turned towards God. And have a, a, not only a desire, but do the best we can to live holy. And what we can't do, God the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And even if we fail, guess what? We got grace to cover us. We got grace to cover us. We don't take advantage of it because we got it, but I thank God I got it. I thank God you've got it. And that's the Joshua advantage. The Joshua advantage is knowing that God has not given you an assignment that you cannot complete. He's not done that. God says you can be strong and courageous. God says you don't have to live in fear. 
or discouragement. And God says that he's always going to be with us. That's the Joshua advantage. And all of us have it. Amen? Come on, let's thank the Lord on this Sunday morning for the Joshua advantage. And here's the good thing for those who are unsaved. Because I've said, like I say so often, being a Christian is not some kind of exclusive club. We're not in some kind of exclusive club. No, ma'am, no, sir. Being a Christian is open for everybody. All you have to be willing to do is humble yourself and embrace Jesus Christ, just like we did. And the Lord will gladly accept you into the body of Christ. Anybody who wants to can be saved and become a saint of the living God. I'm a saint of God when I don't look like I'm a saint. I'm a saint of the living God when I don't feel like it. I'm a saint of God when I might not walk like it or talk like it, but I'm still a saint. Why? Not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did on that cross. He says his blood makes me holy, not my actions. If there's anybody unsaved today who may feel that this is your day, this is your time, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, wherever you may be, if you please repeat this prayer right after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you now to be my Lord and Savior. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer according to God's word, you are now saved. Your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. And when you die, whenever that is, wherever it is, whatever circumstances it may be under, when you die, heaven is going to be your home. When your soul separates from this body, you're going to stop, wake up, and see yourself in the presence of the Lord. Can we do something real, real short? Can we do a, line, a verse or two or something? And then we'll go home. Okay, so we're going to have a closing selection, and then we'll do the benediction, and then we're going to go home. Come on, Brother Bobby. I like that, y'all. Take a mile.